You are Locked On 49ers, your daily San Francisco 49ers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On 49ers, Thursday evening, Friday edition. Always depends on when you're listening to the show. We've been getting them out early here. Uh, in the preseason and training camp. want to get the latest news out to you as soon as possible. So if you listen in the morning, you got the latest stuff. Nothing's happening at midnight tonight, I'm sure. But uh, right now, Croc, actually, we're talking a little bit off the air. We got some takes about Mac Jones. We've seen him now in a couple of games. We haven't talked a lot about the other quarterbacks and the other uh, teams in the NFL on this podcast. But it's currently fourth quarter of this preseason game Thursday night of the Patriots beating the Eagles 32 to nothing. And I had been driving all afternoon before this, so I have not seen any of this game. All I'm looking at is the box score, and it's all good on the Patriots' side, especially with the quarterbacks. Cam Newton, 8 of 9 with a touchdown. Mac Jones look like, looks like he's dialing. I'm seeing right now on social media that Mac Jones is, is looking pretty good here for the, the Patriots now for the second game in a row. But r- real quick, just on a selfish note, in the Locked On NFL Dynasty League today, we're doing our rookie draft finally, and I snatched up Ramondre Stevenson, Patriots running back. I liked what I saw from him last week, grabbed him up in the third round of that rookie draft, and I'm looking at his line, eight rushes for 41 yards and two more touchdowns. Can you tell me about what you're seeing from Ramondre Stevenson? I'm starting to feel pretty good about that pick as someone who could be a sleeper for my Dynasty League. It's really hard to take anything from this game because the Patriots offensive line has just been so dominant. In the run game, in the pass game, like Philadelphia Eagles, they just look like they either weren't prepared or just don't have any depth in that situation, in the in in that position, because right now the Patriots are doing anything and everything that they want to do up front. Nick Mullins hasn't thrown any picks yet, by the way. Should, Not yet. I don't want to speak too soon. <laughs> Actually, one of his throws last week when I watched that game, because everyone's going off, oh, Mullins is terrible, threw two picks. One of them was like, he was getting pressured. He got the ball out so fast, and he got it out where he wanted. And this slow-ass goon of a wide receiver or tight end or whoever it was couldn't get to the 10-yard hook and hook it up and turn around and get his head around. It was actually a good throw and a good play. Mullins got it out too fast. So um, I, I didn't think that one looked too bad on Mullins for throwing that pick last week. Again, context that we provide here on the, the show, Croc. People see two interceptions. Nick Mullins is terrible. You got to watch the play. You got to scout the play. You got to trust your eyes here and not just read the box score. So if I'm looking at this box score, what am I learning here from Mac Jones? Because if the offensive line is dominating, I assume Mac Jones has all day to throw. So, you know, you watch the game, they come out and I'm just watching football and Cam Newton comes out. I mean, and he's just picking apart the Eagles. And I'm like, dang, like he's really picking them apart. And I'm watching. I'm like, well, he is being poised in the pocket. He's going through his reads, and he's making the right throws. And he ended up being eight for nine with a touchdown. I was like, wow, excellent uh, outcome for Cam Newton. He looks like the Cam Newton better than anything we've ever seen because he's never even been that efficient. And then Mac Jones comes in, and it's the same thing. And I'm starting to notice. I'm like, these dudes, there's two things I'm noticing consistently. One, they have all day to throw. Two, there was no pass rush. And the guys they were throwing to a lot of times were wide open. And it was just consistent. And I think people can kind of get in trouble if they take a whole lot from this. I think the one thing you can take from this is the Patriots did a really good job of executing, whether it was Cam Newton or Mac Jones. And there was a couple throws. There was one in particular about a 10-yard drive throw that 
Mac Jones made in between two people. And even then, if you're looking at it from like a prospect standpoint, you could tell Mac Jones had to put his whole body into that throw. And it was something that wasn't as natural of a throw as maybe one of these other guys that have a bigger arm. So it's it's probably going to come off like all oh, hating and whatever, but I, I, I like Mac Jones. I mean, he was one of the guys I initially tweeted about early on in the process that he was the most Kyle Shanahan style quarterback just from what I thought Kyle Shanahan wanted. But from a talent perspective, it's clear that these other guys are more talented. Now, he is definitely a really good, uh, efficient thrower and great ball distributor. And I think he's putting that on display now. But I think people are going to get in trouble comparing what, you know, tonight with maybe something else, right? Like with Trey Lance or, uh, you know, uh, probably won't compare him to uh, Trevor Lawrence or one of his other guys, but there are are situations that they've been playing in aren't as ideal. Like the first time Trevor Lawrence dropped back, he got hit and fumbled. Like, you know, Trey Lance was under duress all night. He got sacked four times. And maybe some people will say, well, he needs to get the ball out quicker. But I'll also say, if you look at Mac Jones, with the time that he has, he hasn't had to get the ball out quick. Now, he has done a good job of getting the ball out of his hands, but even then, there's nobody even close to touching him. Like, I, I don't think he's gotten hit all game long. Like, not one time did he get hit. So, you, you look at that and you look at what these other guys have to deal with, and it's not apples to apples. So, Mac Jones kind of playing to the scouting report, right? And I think a lot of the, the rookie quarterbacks have so far in their early action, and I can't wait to watch them again all this this weekend, including Trey Lance. So let's start oh, there. With, one oh, one, one okay. second. Yeah. I almost left out some. Mac Jones did make a terrific deep ball throw to Pretty deep ball. Uh, Nikhil Harry. And Nikhil Harry just dropped it. And But mm. that was one thing that was in my scouting report with Mac Jones was I thought he threw one of the more accurate deep balls in this class. That's why the comp is Kyle Shanahan. Or not Kyle Shanahan. That's why the comp is Kirk Cousins, which is a Kyle Shanahan right. guy. And so that, that's exactly what Kirk Cousins is. Doesn't have that's great exactly arm, what he looks but like. throws a, a really pretty deep ball. That's exactly what he looks like. His first throw almost got picked off. His first throw was over the middle, and then kind of like didn't have like a whole lot of velocity on it, and linebacker almost picked it off. After that, I thought he got in a nice little rhythm, nice groove, and I thought he did a lot of things very well. But still, from a, a talent standpoint, he doesn't measure up with the other guys. But in an ideal situation like that, I think Mac Jones would be just fine. Brian Hoyer now in the game. So we can close the book on Mac Jones. 13 of 19 passing for 146 yards. Zero touchdowns, zero, zero interceptions. But this podcast is about 49ers. How about this? Former 49er, Kendrick Bourne. How has he looked? I think it, there was one in the end zone, a two-point conversion that kind of like, it was like good defense. And I couldn't tell if maybe he was distracted by the defensive back because the ball like kind of got through his hands and hit him in the face mask. But aside from that, uh, caught a ball over the middle. I don't know if he had another catch. There was a screenplay where he made the first guy miss, and it looked like he was going to get big yards, but then they blew the play dead. Uh, so you could tell that they're incorporating him, and I thought, you know, he he looked good. He looked good. He got too much money. I'm glad the 49ers He looked like Kendrick Bourne. Yeah, Kendrick Bourne, solid player. I like him, and I'm interested to see how he fights for – there's a lot of guys that are kind of the same status – as yeah. patch casters there. Nelson Aguilar. Yeah. Uh, and Jacoby Myers uh, is Jacoby their own Myers. guy, and he's pretty good, and I think they want to you know, put him up there. So is he going to start? And Nikhil Harry, obviously they spent a first-round pick on him. So um, in a couple of tight ends, they spent a lot of money on. Interesting how that works out there on the depth chart with the New England Patriots. Is, is there enough weapons for either Cam Newton or Mac Jones? Talked a lot about Mac Jones there. Well, what about Trey Lance? What do we want to see from Trey Lance in this football game? What do, does 
is there something Trey Lance can show you to where it's like, okay, this is that thing he needs. Then I could be like, okay, he needs to start now. And uh, I'll throw out one thing I want to see from him. He was a little, I don't know what the word is, a little jittery to start the game, I guess, last week. And and he was sort of like with, you could almost like see him processing the reads because he would hitch with every read. It was, especially it was more pronounced at the beginning of the game. Like that first play where he went through his progressions, the first play where it was a drop by Brandon Ayuk. He drops back, he looks at the first guy, kind of hitches, looks at the second guy, hitches, and then takes off, and then he ends up throwing the... So it's like you could almost just see his movement, his body movement kind of going through the reads, and I think that was just him, you know, getting his first action in, you know, he's played one semi-real game in two years, and so I think that's probably what a lot of it is, and maybe some nerves, who knows, but he kind of calmed down a little bit, but... I want to see him be less jittery from the start. I think that's the first thing there and just be, you know, look more, look more natural, more ready to play right out of the gate. Yeah. We'd like to see him just get in the groove, you know, and I think Kyle Shanahan can help him do that. Right. Start him off with some of the things that you do with Jimmy Garoppolo, like things that just kind of maybe he doesn't have all the air yards, but let's like build up to that and not just build up that to that with him, but let's build up the guys around him that are playing with him in that second unit and give them confidence, right? Like, just get the ball in their hands, do some things to get everybody in a groove, and then expand on that to where he can start to throw, make the downfield throws and things like that. But right now, it seems like, you know, Richie James, just confidence is shot, dropped another pass today that was supposed to be like a perfect pass from Trey Lance. I mean, that that makes it tough, too, feeling like you have to be perfect on every throw. Yeah, no, that's tough. You don't. You definitely don't need to make yourself make things tougher for you as an NFL quarterback. Um, how about, so it's interesting. Okay. Okay. I, I want to, you mentioned something very interesting there. It's, it's too long for this first segment. So next I want to talk about Jimmy Garoppolo, Trey Lance, the types of throws we want to see with them, how they are utilized in this preseason game to give us a better idea and give Kyle Shanahan and the 49ers a better idea of who's ready, who should be the guy to lead this football team in 2021. Uh, We've got an injury report and some more notes from practice and some of the things we are looking for in this upcoming preseason game week two. Next. Built Bar has so many delicious flavors. There is something for everyone at Built.com. When you talk to a Built Bar fan, they're definitely passionate about their faves. Uh, If you don't know, the Built Bar flavors... You're missing out because there's so many good ones. Peanut butter, my number one. You got coconut, cherry, barcia, raspberry, mint brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel, strawberry, orange, cookies and cream, German chocolate. Those are the originals, but they are always rolling out specialty flavors. So go to Built.com, buy yourself a box, mix your own box of Built Bars. Not only are those Built Bar flavors the best tasting protein bar out there, they are healthy Two, check out the macros, 17 to 18 grams of protein, calories ranging from 130 to 180, only four or five grams of sugar and only four or five grams of net carbs in every bar. Amazing flavors, all tasty, all healthy, and Built Bar is the official protein bar of the U.S. track and field team. So go to Built.com, use promo code LOCKED15, and you will get 15% off your order. That is promo code LOCKED15 for 15% at Built.com. You said something really important there, Croc, as you tend to do often on this podcast. That's why I love having you co-hosting the show with me here. You talked about, so like, essentially what I want to see is a complete role reversal of what they did in the first game. I want to see Kyle dial up the shot plays for Jimmy 
and I want to see Kyle start with the easy throws, and I want to see some checkdowns maybe even from Trey Lance early in the game. Get in that rhythm, start completing some passes, move the ball a little bit instead of trying to force everything in and make a bunch of big plays. Because you don't want Trey Lance to get into the habit of trying to play hero ball and have everything be this big play. You're trying to throw across the field and make high highly difficult throws all the time. You want to have some easy throws in there too, right? And the thing with Jimmy is like, okay, well, let's see you air it out. This is a competition now. Let's see what you got here. Let's dial up some shot plays for Jimmy too, like they did for Trey Lance in the first preseason game. You know, before the first game, the one thing that I said I wanted to see was like what Dak Pre- what the Cowboys did with Dak Prescott in his first start uh, in the preseason against the Rams, where his first pass was a bootleg rollout jump off. You know, do some of those things. Kyle Shanahan, his first uh, call play for Trey Lance was two 20-yard curl routes. You know, <laughs> like, yeah. it is like, all right, you're in there. Now just go and, and, and be comfortable driving these uh, 20-yard curl routes. That are probably, like, you probably can, but, like, has he built up to having the confidence to be able to do that in live action when he can actually get hit now? Let's do something to get help get him in the rhythm. Do some things to get him going. Okay, confidence flowing. Gets that little bounce in the step. Now do some of those things. Mm-hmm. And I would like to see them help him ease into this situation. I mean, we're talking about a guy who has not really played any meaningful games in two years. So – he needs that time to help and get in a, a rhythm. And I just think they did not do that. But then they did it for Jimmy Garoppolo, the guy that has been around for four years now. You know, so like help your young rookie out, help build that uh, confidence in him. And as well, again, as with the guys that he's throwing to, because he's not throwing to the best guys in that second unit or the offensive line. Like, the, you know, he's not playing against, he's not playing with a great offensive line either. And I mean, that's part of the issue too. If he's struggling a little bit to see the blitz, to see um, the field the way you want him to, well, okay, well, let's simplify it for him a little bit and let's ease him into that. And I think that's the one thing that I felt like Kyle Shanahan could have done a little bit better. Yeah, and, and that's another thing. And you did a great breakdown on, I think it was on Crockstalk TV, but I saw you link it up on Twitter where uh, you broke down that one of the 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 one of the bad throws that Trey Lance had in the first game, one of the you know the possible interceptions that went off the defenders' hands, and how uh, Steve Spagnolo, the defensive coordinator, and I wonder if Spagnolo was like, okay, you're gonna you're gonna try to go try to go deep and throw eighty yard bombs on us with these play action boots and, and drop shot plays, Kyle Shanahan. All right, well let's see how your rookie quarterback likes this little uh, zone blitz and and a well disguised coverage here and uh and you did a great job of breaking that down and obviously he's going to see some exotic stuff and he's probably seen a lot of vanilla stuff and some subpar opponents in the second team in training camp so that's another thing that he's going to just start seeing some stuff maybe for the first time and so that's fun too to watch him progress so now the next time when he sees a look similar to that how does he go through his progressions how does he read things at the line of scrimmage and does he grow from those things so those are obviously big things to look for in these next couple of preseason games my 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 question would be are these things that he's going to learn sitting on the bench? And from that standpoint, no, I don't think so. No, I agree. So, so it's like everything that he needs to learn is not from a physical ability standpoint. Like it's all there. And I do feel like he put all of that on display. Like, at least, you know, like, man, that, that physical specimen with all that talent that we thought we were getting, like, we definitely have that. Now, can we just, can we help him get in the rhythm? And it just seems like as long as one, as long as he's behind that second unit, it seems like it's going to be really difficult for him to get in the rhythm because it's 
it's not giving him the time to process that he currently needs. Like they, they're just the, the help of easing him in to that situation is not there, but there's still a ton of things that you can do to help be efficient with where he's at right now, because it wasn't all bad. It just takes oh. him a little bit longer to do certain things with his reads. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And just you just want to see him continue to grow and he needs the reps. It's really important. I think he can possibly learn some things from sitting and watching. And I think maybe that's one of the things he could benefit from, at least for the early part of the season, because he needs to play this year for sure. But for a couple of games at the beginning of the year, just to go through the prep week in practice, go through the the game plan go through looking at tape and what a team is trying to throw at you it's like look this defensive coordinator has this scheme he runs this kind of blitz scheme this is how we look at this this is how he disguises this and that i think that would help him just for a couple weeks to go through it watch jimmy g make some mistakes come back after the game watch that film in the quarterback's room so i think those types of things could help but he absolutely needs to play i keep talking about help and i remember 49ers backed up right i mean the chiefs punted the ball to the one yard line and what does kyle shanahan do a play Play action (laughs) Uh, from the one yard line. So that's what I mean. Like, and again, it worked out, but in my head, I'm just thinking that's, that's putting a lot on him. So that's, that's what made me think like, this was never about really making him look good. It was really all about like, this is what, these are the things that I'm going to ask of you. So let's get this all out there now. And we're going to work on these things. But one thing, and I don't know if we're going to get to it, but Kyle Shanahan pretty much said that this is a competition. He said, this is a competition now. Yes, and I don't have the audio pulled up, but the quote was something, I mean, it's kind of what he's said all along, but the more Kyle Shanahan talks, the more he'll accidentally tell you how he really feels about it, and this is a competition, The and he, he said that, like, look, these quarterbacks aren't going against each other, it's just trying to see how good Jimmy can be on his own and how good Trey can be on his own, but you can't play two quarterbacks at the same time, and unless Kyle Shanahan's planning on doing that, and sometimes the way he talks, it sounds like he is, but you got to pick one eventually, and one's got to be your quarterback. This is a one-quarterback league, so which one are you going to pick? So, yes, it is a competition, and, and he said it himself, and he said it before. He's going to pick the guy that gives him the best chance to win. So he's kind of said that before, but you get the feeling that he's more serious about it now, and it's like, look, Trey Lance does have an opportunity to prove that they can win more with him, even with making some rookie mistakes just because of what he can do on a football field. I think this is the the most or the biggest opportunity he's gotten because it sounds like tomorrow, well, Friday, when you guys are listening to us, it sounds like Trey Lance is going to get reps with the ones. And what Kyle Shanahan said was he he just wants to, hey, I just want to see him against both sides. I just want to see him against Derwin James. Right. You know, it's it's different seeing him against those guys. But also it's I want to see him with the ones on offense, even though, I mean, Trent Williams isn't going to be in or whatever, but still going to have the whole offensive line. You're going to have your George Kittle, your Ayuk, your Debo. It's it's like these are the guys. Now, let me see what Trey Lance looks like with these guys. Now, this is the opportunity for Trey Lance to step up and really insert himself into this competition and show that he belongs. So here's my question, too. And this is why I wish we would have seen more of Trey Lance at practice against the number one defense because – the guy who's been picking Jimmy off all these times is wearing number 54 and Trey Lance is going against <laughs> undrafted rookies at linebacker in practice. So my question was Kenneth Murray, the starting middle linebacker for the the Los Angeles Chargers picking off Jimmy Garoppolo in practice today in these joint Chargers practices. And I didn't hear about any of those. Um, I don't know about that one. So Jimmy almost threw multiple red zone interceptions. I saw a Grant Cohn report that the Chargers defensive players were laughing at Jimmy Garoppolo, which is, I mean, that's, that's, mm, that's I don't pretty, know. They, 
I know he's, someone he's could have like Grant farted he... in the huddle. Like that's that's that sounds like it's it might be a little bit much. Like you know Grant trying to do his his yeah. thing, and I and I totally get it. And Grant's a but pro I did see a... Trey guy. But I from the the reports I, I saw, and it's kind of like what I talked about. Like uh, Garoppolo was taking some shots apparently today in practice, and then sort of had a stretch where he was struggling to complete passes. Well, and he threw an interception. And I think one thing about the interception, there's two things. One part that's not on Jimmy, but the other part that is. The, the, the part that he's not, I want to start with that one. The, the, the part that's not on him is Richie James, when you're running this out, you have to work downhill. You can't just mm-hmm. kind of run that out and continue to kind of drift upfield because, you know, you're not helping your quarterback out. Now, Jimmy Garoppolo, knowing who he is, is like, Jimmy, you don't have the arm to not really step into that throw. And he kind of threw it like flat-footed, kind of falling back a little bit, and he threw it so the ball yeah. kind of flowed out there. And uh, Asante Samuel Jr. was able to undercut it and intercept the ball. But that's a pass where, you know, I, I can see it on both ends. Richie James, you got to help your quarterback. But, J- but Jimmy, when you start talking about talent, and, you know, I was talking about Mac Jones earlier, and those are things even with Mac Jones. Maybe he doesn't do that. Maybe Mac Jones steps into that throw. But – they don't have the physical capabilities to not step into that throw and still drive that out where a guy like Trey Lance does. And, and that's why you like guys with the more immense talent because things like that, they don't even think about doing. They just possess that type of ability. And it looks routine when they do it. But then when you watch Garoppolo try to do it, it's like, oh, interception. But let's talk about why. And it's a lack of, like, traits. And I wonder if the ACL, then the high ankle, I wonder if those things have just sort of added up for Jimmy and and he's gone, he's got even further down that path of not using much of his lower body. Because he's always been, and that was one of the most impressive things. I remember watching him in college. He's, he was my, I had him as the second quarterback in the 2014 class, way ahead of Johnny Manziel. I hated Johnny Manziel. I hated Blake Bortles. I don't know what the hell the Jaguars were thinking of drafting him. Top three, I didn't think he was a first-round player. I liked Bridgewater, but some people were crazy about Bridgewater. I wasn't that crazy about Bridgewater. I thought Bridgewater was like a late one, early two, and I thought Jimmy was a, a, a second, you know, third-round type of pick, and he was my number two guy. I liked Jimmy even more than Derek Carr. But one of the things that blew me away and you saw it when he came to the 49ers, and I, I don't know if I'm seeing it quite as much, is just how quickly and how nicely he snapped off those throws. And he still gets rid of the ball quickly, but I think he's he's lost a little something in his lower half. And I think it does affect him throwing the ball down the field because uh, and his release is still quickly, but it's just so upper, upper body now. And I, it always was more of a snappy upper body release, but... You know, I'd be surprised at this point with what he's gone through injury-wise in the lower half of his body if it didn't somewhat affect him. It might even just led to some weird mechanics. What? Who's your number one quarterback in that class? It was Bridgewater. Yeah, Bridgewater was number one, but okay. I didn't have him as because some people were talking about Bridgewater as like number one overall. And I was like, you I just weren't crazy. Yeah, he just doesn't have the traits for that. So he was my number one quarterback, and I thought it was just a bad quarterback class. Did not like Bortles. Did not like Manziel. Um, and Carr was just like uh, you know whatever. Carr was I think my number three quarterback in that class. Uh, after Garoppolo and after Bridgewater. So, and Garoppolo ended up going right in the range. And I didn't think Garoppolo would go in the second round, but he did kind of go in that range, second or third round after all. But uh, I re- I loved watching Garoppolo. I thought he was awesome coming out of college. Uh, and I was like super excited when the 49ers got him. And I still like Jimmy Garoppolo a lot, but um, you're right. Traits wise, like he's just, he doesn't have the drive throw in him like some other guys. And it's pretty clear when you see him throwing next to Trey Lance. Yep. And there's not much that he can do about it at this point. You know, right. 28, 29 he, he years old, he, he kind is. of is who he is at, at this point. And maybe, like you said, the injuries had something to do with that. The thing Garoppolo can't do, though, if he's just going to be a dart thrower, he can't 
throw to the other team's linebackers. You know, so, like that's the thing he's got. If he's going to be the efficient guy, he can't start turn the ball over. So that's well, where that's, and, and he can't he, he's, get hurt. All he's time. thrown like six picks or seven picks or whatever in camp. And, and that's my biggest issue. But most if of them are talking that's about the thing, sitting. A, they're all too. They're all to Fred Warner. Yeah. You know, like, like it's almost like get Fred Warner off the field because he knows the plays. He knows what the 49ers are doing. And it's just it's it's absurd at this point. So and that's why I want to see just put Fred Warner with the twos for a while and let Trey Lance throw against him. And if 54 starts picking up a bunch of picking off a bunch of balls, then we'll know. And if he doesn't, then we'll kind of have the answer there. Right. Right. All right. Let's talk injury report and the other matchups, the other players. We're excited to see what we want to what we'll be looking for in this preseason week number two. It's that time of year again. All eyes are now turning back to the NFL as teams are back on the gridiron to start this 2021 season. As always, Bet Online is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. Get all the updated odds, props, and contests, including the half million dollar NFL mega contest and the $200,000 NFL survivor contest open now at Bet online. Head to the website, use your mobile device, sign up today to receive your 100% welcome bonus using promo code Locked On. Be sure to take advantage of their opening day super promo. Make a bet on Thursday, September 9th, season opener between the Super Bowl champion Buccaneers and the Dallas Cowboys. And if you lose, your wager will be refunded up to $25. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports from football, basketball, boxing. Horse racing. Don't wait. Take advantage of all the great offers available for the 2021 season at Bet Online. Use promo code Locked On. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. An extremely slim Joe Staley croc at practice in San Diego. Did you see that? Uh, I think uh, I think we're going to start talking about Coach Joe Staley pretty soon when it comes to the 49ers because uh, you can tell the guy loves ball. He's been training offensive linemen in the off season um, and, you know, too close to the 49ers, too close to Shanahan. I'd be shocked if he doesn't become, you know, assistant offensive line coach next year or something like that. But uh, looking very, that's what slim. he's doing there. Is that what he's doing? So, so he's, it's like, he's testing to see if this is something that he would like. Oh. So yeah, he's see if he would like the hours. And so I guess he's so excited right now. Kyle Shanahan was like, yeah, he's being actually being kind of annoying because he's so excited. But He's around the guys. He's in there. He's helping with the film. He's really kind of testing it out because he lives in that area. So, mm-hmm. yeah, he is a uh, honorary coach on the staff right now. That's the area where Shanahan threw the ball into the pizza oven, right? Wasn't that in San Diego? Yep. Yeah. Yep. It was in that down down Southern California. Players who were not on the field, so they were doing about as much as Joe Staley in practice today. Cornerback Emmanuel Mosley got the bad hamstring. Jalen Hurd on the sideline rehabbing his knee some more. Elijah Mitchell still out with the abductor core muscle injury. Uh, Aaron Banks came down with an injury, which is a bummer because that was going to be one of my points to watch. He's like, okay, bounce back Aaron Banks, but now he's got a shoulder injury. I mean, that's going to put him way behind, right? I mean, at this point, is Aaron Banks going to play at all as a rookie because he hasn't shown anything yet. And if he's going to miss the rest of the practice reps, the rest of the preseason, not be able to play any preseason games, then you're you're deep on the depth chart at that point, right? And the only thing that could help Aaron Banks is that right now Trent Williams now dealing with a knee. I think he has knee drained, which is not a great sign. Uh, if Brunskill ever kicks out to left tackle, 
then maybe you have an opportunity, Banks, to get back in there at right guard. Uh, we'll see what happens there on the depth chart with Trent Williams out, Sean Coleman dealing with a knee injury, and then Javon Kinlaw, another guy I'm worried about that I wanted to see in this preseason, dealing with another injury, this this shoulder injury now for him. And um, Trent, let's talk Trent Williams, because offensive line, his, the second team has not looked great throughout camp, and we've heard numerous stories of that, and we heard about it even at the, the practices here against the Los Angeles Chargers this week. Trent Williams has only played 16 games twice in his NFL career. So I think you could have penciled him in for missing a couple of games this year. Hopefully that's all that happens if he does get hurt. Hopefully he gets back and, you know, I'm sure he won't play another snap in the preseason. He'll be ready to go in week one. He'll be fine all year. We'll see how that goes. But you have to have a backup plan at left tackle, and it probably can't be your fifth-round draft pick, right? It's weird because the 49ers, I feel like they've invested a lot of draft capital in linemen. Maybe not high. I mean, well, actually kind of high, too. I mean, they have have dollars, draft picks, trades, everything. Yeah. And to still have issues across the line, you know, that's, that's unfortunate, especially with the depth there. So we'll, we'll see. I mean, but you, you would think that there were other guys that would be in the mix to play there as well. But school again, towards ACL, he's out. McKivitz, what's he going to be? Is he just going to be more of a guard than a tackle? Uh, and then you have the, the the rookie there. I mean, but that's really kind of banged up across the offensive line, especially when you add school into that mix where he's hurt. Okay, uh, Trent Williams now, he's hurt. Um, Banks, he's hurt. You know, that, that's that's a little that's a little tough, missing some key guys. You think one of the rookies gets the start opposite Jason Verrett with Emmanuel Mosley out? Or do you think it's going to be Dante Johnson? I think he's going to be Diamondola Lenore. He got he had an interception today. Did he? Yeah, in team. Uh, he's uh, he he's he's played a lot of ball, and it's pretty clear that he's like he he came, he entered the NFL ready to play. I don't know what his ceiling is, what he's going to end up being. Is he just going to be a backup corner? Maybe could he be a nickel? But he came to play, and I like that about it. I like about that. I like that about him a lot. He's a competitive guy. So uh, definitely stock up for Diamador Lenore. Small sample, though. That's, I mean, all the young. Very small. I'm so bummed we can't see Elijah Mitchell. I really wanted to see Elijah Mitchell, man, because I think he's got a little, he's got a little something. But he's going to get buried on the depth chart now, too. Some of these guys are going to get buried on my Madden depth chart, man. Like, I, I got Matt, the new Madden now. Jawan Jennings, who caught a deep ball today, that was pretty nice. And I messaged the guy from uh, Madden that does ratings. I'm like, dude, you got Jawan Jennings at 83 speed on Madden, yeah. dude. 83 I, speed. I don't what am I think Jawan Jennings is going to be a, a player that that is a juggernaut in Madden, right? I don't think his skill set translates. Won't use him at all. <laughs> That's a bummer. What about Jalen Hurd? Do you cut him? Or do he's you, like 89 do you turn speed, injuries so off? You turn injuries like off and you're like, let's two. go. Right, turn our injuries off and he'll be good. His injury probably is extremely low on Madden, seriously. <laughs> oh, geez. I'm here's here's a matchup I'm looking forward to seeing. Richie James. Like he's been the the mascot of this podcast for a few years now. Shadow 49er. Richie James, dude. You gotta step up. Simba Walker's coming for your job. Or Simba Webster. I can't get his name right. This dude that just came off the street is coming for your job, Richie James. Richie James versus Simba Webster. And I think Benjamin's still in that mix. Like That that might be wide receiver six. And if, if any of those guys makes the roster, 
they're up on game days, right? They've got a uniform on game days because they're contributing on special teams. Yeah. And they get the nod over even like a guy like Juwan Jennings. Yeah. You know, this kind of reminds me of a few years back. Everybody was calling for Kendrick Bourne to get cut. And I guess it kind of recently came out that Kendrick Bourne was going to get released, but he didn't because there was injuries to Jalen Hurd and Trent Taylor. Yep. And he was able to make it. And obviously it turned out great for him and really great for the 49ers for what he was and how he was able to fill in uh, throughout all the other guys being injured. But Richie James is going to need some luck like that where maybe some other guys go down and they have no choice but to keep Richie James because right now, just based off what he's done throughout camp, the passes that he's dropped, and then his you know lack of protection on, in the return game, in the first preseason game, he's on thin ice. And there's not four preseason games this year. You got three. So right now, if they go in game two to a different guy, say they go to a Nisimba Webster to kind of give him the first crack at things, he starts looking good. Richie James might be on his own, his his way out, and there's not going to be any more games to really save him. Future Seattle Seahawk Richie James. I want to see, I want to see Jamichael Hasty not put the ball on the ground. That's a big one because I think he's got a path to a roster spot. Especially, I think he's one running back three for me. Especially with Elijah Mitchell out with this injury. Mullins, Mullins just threw an interception. Did he? Oh, come yeah, on. It was off a tip though. It was off a tip. Sorry, BDN? I know you in it. He, he tried to throw it into like into traffic. Oh, Nick, come on! Uh, I kind of just went off the guy's hands. It was kind of high outside. I don't know, but yeah, interception. Nick, Nick Mullins. Mullins. <laughs> come on, man. Several, not even drafted. <laughs> All right, let's see. Uh, Who is that? Uh, that's a crazy. Oh yeah, so you weren't a member of the podcast at that point. So that was when the 49ers played the Giants last year. There's this crazy YouTuber Giants fan that mm-hmm. just goes off the rails. And I got some really good clips of him in the draft, too, when the Eagles traded up with the Cowboys inside the division to get up in front of the Giants to draft Devontae Smith, and he lost his mind about that. Uh, I don't have those buttons ready to, to play those sounds, but I've got them saved somewhere on my computer. But the, he was so mad about how the 49ers came in and Nick Mullins, the undrafted free agent, diced him up. Nothing good happens, ever! <laughs> <laughs> the guy's gold. I don't know his name or his YouTube channel or anything. I just came down the uh, the old Twitter timeline, and it, it's fantastic stuff. Anything else? Who, who are you looking for? What What do you want to see? Like, what do you want to see from Ambry Thomas? I, I, I really think, I, not so much Ambry Thomas, but like, yeah, but I want to see if D'Amador Lenore can stack another good game. You know, when, when you're kind of, you know, you drafted fifth round and you're kind of battling to, you know, be in contention, to be a guy, like maybe start in place of Mosley. Like you have to first stack good practices together. Then got your first preseason game. Okay, can you stack another one together? If you can do that, then we're kind of, we're working with something here. So I want to see, can he stack together another good performance out there in the preseason? But Ambry Thomas, obviously, I, he he did not play bad. It just was fairly regular and maybe some of it could be attributed to him not playing the previous year. So mm-hmm. he's still kind of getting in the swing of things, but it's been a while. You had OT, rookie mini cam OTAs, all those things. You had the off season. Now you have training camp and preseason games. So he's had plenty of time to get back in the swing of things. Maybe that's it, but he's been a little bit more on the regular side, not bad, but nothing that stands out to me. I don't think the Chargers are playing everybody, right? Is Herbert going to sit again? They, the Chargers sat everybody last week. I hope they don't do that this week because that's a huge challenge. If Lenore gets the start 
and he's got to cover two completely different receivers in someone like Mike Williams or Keenan Allen, and he's got a, a quarterback that's got the arm talent of Justin Herbert throwing the ball. I mean, that's a huge challenge. So I, I want to see that. I hope the Chargers are playing everybody. I don't think they will, especially if kind of what it sounded like today with D Ford getting after the quarterback. D Ford was there. D Ford got a sack today, by the way. Yes, D Ford got a sack. I think someone had him. Someone charted like four sacks for D Ford, so what? he was coming off that edge screaming, uh, kill him. So if, if if that really happened in that way, they definitely don't want to play Herbert and have you know risk a chance of him uh, beating that left tackle or right tackle uh, around the edge. Do the 49ers do it again where their fifth round picks are better than their day two picks? Like it's up to Sermon, it's up to Ambry Thomas. Like they got to strike back because the fifth rounders are winning right now. Yeah, you know, I was listening to the NFL, you know, locked on NFL draft, and they were talking about the 49ers and kind of how they've been drafting. And it was it was kind of interesting to hear an outside perspective. They basically said outside of the 49ers, first four picks ever, right, with this regime, which was Solomon Thomas. Ruben, uh, Ruben Foster, Akilah Witherspoon, and then Joe Williams. They were like, outside of that, they've actually drafted very the well. They said they drafted very well, especially when you consider how they've drafted drafted in comparison to everyone else in the NFC West. So I think, you know, we, we're kind of up close and personal, and we're watching every guy, every guy that, you know, can contribute. But from the outsider perspective, they've done a really good job drafting. So, you know, a lot of that has to do with those late late guys contributing. That's what's tough about the draft, and especially right when the draft is over, it's hard to convey the message because I get into a lot of arguments. Because, and that's why I never even ended up doing a podcast about the the Shadow Forty ers draft this year. And I kind of just didn't get to it. I wasn't purposely avoiding it. But I was so exhausted after the draft. I didn't want to get into those fights with people. And you know, there's, there's always the the segment of fans that are like, "Who are you? What are you talking about?" I think the real NFL teams know a little bit more than you guys do. But the fact is, like, take half of those draft picks. Crumple them up and throw them in the trash. That's the reality of the NFL. Half of the players you draft are going to suck. Yeah. So I guess you got to look at it from the standpoint, you don't want to miss on guys that are talented, but I guess at the end of the day, as long as you get good football players out of the draft, that's all you can hope for. There's too many things that can happen. Like Jalen Hurd is not going to have a career, and it's not because he's not a talented dude. You know? I would have traded up for DK Metcalf. Oh yeah, I mean we both would have. I would. I mean, I would have seen him once I saw him sliding. Trade up, and I I thought they were drafting the guy. I was talking to my guy Jasper Rose, who does Whiteout Wednesdays with me now. But he was upset when they drafted Debo. I said, "Don't worry, I really like Debo, and I figured they would take him, but they're gonna take a big body guy." And once I saw DK sliding. I'm like, you got to go get him. You got to go get him. And they didn't do it. Could you imagine if you had DK Metcalf and Debo Samuel? Oh, DK with Trey Lance, man. Throwing those Ooh, deep balls with that God. arm strength. That would be fun. That would be a lot of fun. And Here's I, the tough thing, though. Would DK be DK if you had Jimmy Garoppolo throwing to him instead of Russell Wilson? And, 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 and would he be viewed the way, like, so when the 49ers do get a Trey Lance, would he have been viewed – the way that he is viewed now as one of the top 10 receivers in the NFL, or would he be viewed as a guy where it's like, uh, we know he has the potential. We just got to get out of him. Maybe a guy like Trey Lance can help. Well, I think first of all, he blocks well. So that would have been part of like the package, right? Like he would have been starting playing well. He would be doing things to be like, Oh my gosh, this guy's a freak. He's obviously great. He might not have be at the same level as with Russ, obviously, but 
he also is surprisingly good on screens. He dominates slants, and Jimmy throws the hell out of a slant. You know, so it's not like he's only yeah. a nine ball receiver. Uh, really good on the digs, and, and the 49ers like to dial up some dig routes. Uh, and so I think he would be fine, and he would be good. And in a lot of ways, it's like a chicken under the egg thing. It's like, okay, well, if you don't have good downfield receivers, then your quarterback who's not great throwing the ball downfield is definitely not going to be good throwing down the the ball down the field what if you gave him a guy who's six four and runs four threes that is a good downfield receiver would he help you throw the ball better downfield so there's a little right. bit of that too he might help jimmy in that regard i can see that anyway let's not talk about dk metcalf or mac jones or any of those guys anymore let's talk 49ers we're I, well actually no more today but when we come back on monday we're gonna talk a ton about the 49ers or actually sunday night you want to reconvene here sunday night right after the game croc is it too late for you i know you're on the east coast times is this game sunday is it early game i'm or central game? time zone, so i'm only two hours oh, away. yeah you're only two hours okay and my computer's broken i, I don't have the box the uh the schedule up in front of me anymore you're good though you're a night owl right Sunday night? I think they, yeah, I'm a night owl. I feel like it's 100%. a night game for some reason. Um, I think they play at three my time, though. So it's not even, I don't think it's a late game on Sunday. Let me see. They play Sunday, oh, it's 6.30. Yeah, no, nah, I'll be good. I mean, it's 6.30 my time, 4.30 Pacific. Yeah, 4.30 start time Pacific. Okay, so 6.30. So the game will end about 9, 9.30 your time? I'll be good to go. You'll be good to go? Okay. We'll do it. A little sleepy crocky. Maybe get him some caffeine earlier on in the day, and we will break it all down late Sunday <laughs> night, or if you prefer to listen in the mornings, Monday morning, a fresh, hot podcast, rapid react episode, breaking down preseason game number two right here, Locked On 49ers. <laughs> 